it's important for us to know when we're talking about women in history, we must know about the three mamas in St. Thomas, yeah. who in the 17th century liberated the islands militarily from the Dutch. And the islands stayed free for more than nine years they run the island before British, Dutch, and German put together to put these women down. We must know these things. We must know women liberation didn't start in 1960 when we started burning bras. Makeda in Ethiopia, in Saba, she was a woman ruler who came after 3,000 years of uninterrupted rule. To the fairy thug mother herself, Miss Deandra Janelle Heaven Rose, uh, this has created a guide to self-love and accountability at magicallymessy.com, where you can find poetry, advice, and some really helpful inner work guidance. Uh, that's magicallymessy.com, spelled like you'd see it in Webster's Dictionary. Um, Deandra, introduce yourself. Tell everybody about what you're doing, what you're into, what you're up to for people who are not familiar with with uh with your work okay um i like to keep it simple i like to just say i'm a somewhat of a self-help guru for a lot of people um i'm a musician as well and just like i said a self-help guru i just try to be as helpful as and as inspirational as i possibly can to people in this walking realm you know like i think we just all need inspiration and guidance from people so I don't like to give myself too much, but, you know, I, I try to give what I can give just based on my own experiences. Um, like I tell people, I'm just, you know, just me, just a, a little old potato, nothing major, but it's just been great to be able to help people. Um, <laughs> really, that's my right. bottle, I can say. You're definitely not a potato. Um. <laughs> I'm a potato. <laughs> well, I'm a purple potato. Okay, I'll say you are a purple. I can I can go with purple potato. I um I was looking at the <laughs> I was looking at the site and I saw that um I saw your the thirty day fairy thug therapy challenge, and I can't I'm definitely participating in that. I saw it has like your breakdowns and I'm making every little step a journal entry and I'm like gonna go all in because I have to unpack my bags. I got to examine my passengers, really figure out what I got to be doing to protect my energy coming into, um, go, well, going further into 2018 because we're already in. Like, everybody's right. already, you know, getting hit by all these shifts happening, all these downloads, all this energy kind of swirling around. Um, what do you think are maybe – you know, I guess maybe four major keys to success for pushing through 2018. You know, like any year, I, I try to keep it general because I feel like there are certain things that we should do for ourselves at any given time, you know, mm -hmm. to push through. Um, one of my favorite things that I like to talk about is setting boundaries mm. um, with yourself and with other people. Um, I use the example of, you know, people get, people really get tired of me because I'm like, okay, if, you know, we're, we're talking or we're dating or something, don't call me after 9 p.m. Like, I don't want, mm -hmm. don't call me after 9 p.m., don't call me before a certain time. Like, just find boundaries in your life that you can set for other people so where you don't feel exhausted or obligated or anything of that nature. I don't think we have enough boundaries for ourselves, and I think that's something that we could do in a year every year you know mm -hmm. um also another thing i guess number two <laughs> just <laughs> increasing our inner awareness like facilitating self-talks because there is this large stigma that i believe people have with talking to themselves you're like oh she's crazy she talks to herself but it depends on the conversation that you're having with yourself right. i like to do daily check-ins like for me a daily check-in is like 
okay, Deandra, were you frustrated about something today? Why were you frustrated? What made you feel that way? How could you have handled the situation differently in the future? You know, I don't think we tap into ourselves on a daily basis and just ask, like, okay, how did we do today? How were you doing? How how did you feel today? You know, where do you feel like you could have given more energy? Just taking some time to self-reflect and just ask yourself, like, hey, sis, how are you doing? Like, you know, what's really good? Because, right. you know, we don't always have other people ask for us. So it's really right. important that we can gauge that for ourselves, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see, another thing for 2018, but I really just think any year. Be bold. I've been telling people that for, you know, a while now. And I think it's really important to – manifest and conjure up some of that really daring inner confidence because you just never know how surprised you could be in the opportunities that you could afford yourself just stepping a little bit out of your comfort zone you know just deciding to be seen just deciding to you know honor yourself in that way to just take a risk take a chance you know i like to say you know if the worst-case scenario is a no in life and you already expect a no, you might as well just live because one day you're going to get that yes. One day you're going to receive a yes. It's going to feel like a yes. And you're like, oh, okay, you know, this is this is what I'm doing. This is why I'm here. Can, mm-hmm. you know, and show up for yourself. Just show up, show up for yourself. It don't even have to be for nobody else. But be bold and be confident in making bolder decisions and choices. Mm-hmm. And number four Let's see how I feel about um, pointers for 2018. Nurture, you know, nurture relationships as much as you can. I mean, I'll say this from a place of I've experienced a lot of loss in the beginning of this year, and it kind of made me reanalyze how I spend my time because I don't always have it. I'm really usually busy. I don't get to talk to people the way that I would like to talk to people. But it's allowed me to remember to, to prioritize, to nurture the relationships, especially those people that nurture me. So, you know, even if it's just taking five minutes to call your mom or five minutes to call your grandmother or your auntie or your sister or your cousin, you know, just check in ever so often with people and make sure that you really get the most out of your relationships with people and just let them know how much you appreciate them in your life. Because um, that goes into a whole thing of, like, no regrets. Just live with no regrets so that if you know, you know, you wake up tomorrow and things are different, you don't feel like you missed out on something. Mm-hmm. That's beautiful. That's um, that's way more grounded than, um, than what I've been, you know, seeing a lot and hearing a lot. A lot of, you know, I hear all the time, oh, we're coming up on an 11 year, 11 is a master number, but it's like, okay, what is that? Like, can we bring that a little bit more down to earth? Not to say that it's not, because numerology definitely is down to earth, but I mean, like, really making it practical and applicable to everyday living. Um, and oh, to me, that's. I love. Why would they need to cut you off? No, go ahead. I was about to say, just almost like what you said, like, I love numerology and I I love, you know, um, people get really deep into astrology, but I find that it's, unless you get real deep into your birth chart and you can figure out every single little planetary angle and how this affects you this way and how this affects you this way, you know, we could generally be in an 11 year or four year or eight year, but how that affects you is going to be very independent based upon the things that are personally going on within your own birth chart. So, you know, there's generalizations that we can make, but at the same time, I find that there's things that we need to be doing on a regular basis, you know, and all right. on a regular basis, whether in a one year or two year or five year, you know, it doesn't matter. There's certain things that we really should pay attention to anyway and get into the habit of doing for ourselves just for mm-hmm. like a holistic, you know, spiritual practice. Right. Yeah, I know one of the um one of the things that I I guess one of the shifts I made in my mind for this year was to um not even just just for life period was to um 
stop being so hard on myself and not just not be hard on myself, but actually show myself more love. Um, mm-hmm. Do and show myself at least a, one deliberate, conscious act of love every day. Um, and one of the things that keeps coming up for me is um, being more body positive. Um embracing myself more just the way I am you know loving my body just the way it is and also you know feeding it the right things because of the love that I have for it because I want to nurture myself nurture my tissues and not just you know feed my my appetite but you know to really bring that love to my physical being every part of my physical being and I noticed that people tend to put, or maybe it's just me in my mind, I tend to put body positiveness and fitness and exercise at opposite ends of the spectrum because they require maybe, they actually require the same amount of energy or the same type of energy, but they, and they both take discipline and they both take hard work, especially in this, you know, the, the society that we live in right now. But how can we smooth out those two being maybe on opposite ends of the spectrum where just because I am a proponent for fitness and exercise, it doesn't mean that I'm not body positive. Um, or maybe I'm misunderstanding what that, what that, what that really means, but can you explain maybe how to put the two together into one? I don't think you're misunderstanding. And I think it, it is how it's presented when we look at media. And I think that could be the detrimental factor. I'm just having this conversation with someone recently, and it is a very, very sensitive subject matter um, because you always borderline possibly offending someone. So, you know, it does seem like they are on two opposite ends of the spectrum because, like I said, it's kind of like how it's presented to us. So, you know, I'll use, a broad example, there is, there, I have seen posts where there are, you know, approximately like 400 pound women and they're talking about body positivity and body acceptance and loving yourself and being comfortable in the skin you're in and just being happy with where you're at. Now, this is where, you know, the detriment comes into play because if we're not saying that, you know, this woman can't be beautiful, we're not saying that she can't love herself, but there also is a very real, you know, set of factors that at a certain BMI, you're putting a lot of stress on your body that should not be there. You're putting Mm -hmm. a lot of stress on your joints. You're putting a lot of stress on your bones. You're putting a lot of stress on your heart you know, to carry that weight, and it's not particularly natural. And, again, it doesn't say that this person isn't gorgeous. It's not saying that this person can't love themselves. It's not saying that this person isn't desirable, although society does paint those pictures for us. Sometimes I've noticed that when we start talking about body positivity, then we overlook the health issues. And then that goes into, you know, the other complicated factors, not saying that small people are particularly healthy. I mean, you could see somebody that's, you know, a size two and they have horrible eating habits. You know, they're not in shape. They get winded really easily compared to, you know, another queen that might be a size 16, but she, you know, jogs ever so often. She's not out of breath. You know, when she does exercise, she eats really well. So, mm-hmm. and I think that the balance now the balance is how we portray the two you know the balance is there has to be a, another narrative added to it the the other area I, I think it should be more focused on health consciousness so we don't talk about necessarily health consciousness as either fitness or body positivity and like you said it's either you know we're talking about gym chicks or we're talking about women that just decide to really embrace every, you know, inch, roll, curve, whatever the case may be. Now, I think if the narrative of health consciousness was introduced, when we actually start to talk about the individual health of the person, because sometimes the body type does not determine the actual health of the person, you know, no mm-hmm. different than the example I just gave, there could be a sister for size two, but she eats junk food all the time, 
she smokes cigarettes, you know, she's winded when she works out, and then, you know, we have a queen over here that she's a size 16, but, you know, she keeps up with herself, she's eating well, you know, so health consciousness, I would say, is when we start to think about, are we, are we giving our body the right set of nutrients? Are we giving our body the right amount of exercise? Are we making sure that, you know, our lung capacity is up to par? But Mm -hmm. it doesn't, we don't have to be super fit, you know, or super small to attain those things because there's a lot of small people that are battling with, you know, um, eating everything and, you know, things of that nature. And I've seen really small girls that, you know, pack down pizza and double cheeseburgers because mm-hmm. their metabolism keeps up with it. But, you know, the condition in their, of their cell health probably isn't that great. You know, like if you were to analyze, if you were to be able to analyze the condition of their cells and their body regeneration, I think it's just hard to have these conversations because you do run the risk of offending certain people and I've seen that you know you know for instance of those extreme cases where there are posts of you know 400 pound women and people comment and they say oh but her health but her health and everybody's like how do you know she's not healthy at a certain point you can assume that that's too much weight on the body you do know that at a certain amount of uh being quote unquote overweight your body is bearing a lot of stress you know, no different than a really small person could have really, really, really large breasts. And that weight of her chest usually causes back problems mm-hmm. for that person. So weight does affect the body. You know, that's, that's not an opinion. It's not slanderous. Weight does affect the body. So just right. being open to have certain conversations. And, again, I think women need to understand and know that it doesn't mean that we're not beautiful. It doesn't mean that we're not desirable. It just means that we need to be health conscious. And reaching that attainable version of health consciousness, it doesn't mean that we need to be a size 6, a size 8, a size 4, but just doing things for our body to, to make sure that it, it works later down the line. When I first started my fitness journey, you know, I still wasn't, quote-unquote, what people would consider large. I was a size 9. I just did not like myself at a size 9. And I eventually worked myself down all the way to the extreme of a double zero. Mm -hmm. Now I'm probably at like a 2-4. But during that whole process, I would be feeling on, I would look at myself in the mirror. I would tell myself to just be patient with the process. I'm beautiful in whatever body type I'm in. I'd be rubbing on, you know, rubbing on my thighs, rubbing on my stomach, you know, just Mm -hmm. telling myself that, you know, I'm beautiful no matter what, and I I love it, you know, and and just it's just a process. So just learning to embrace yourself in the process and just knowing that health and the look is not synonymous, and I think that's the dangerous part because a lot of times we equate the two together. Right. Thank you for that. That really – that helps me understand it a lot better. I – um. I recently uh, started a group, and the the name of the group is the Workout Challenge, uh, the Workout Challenge Woman's Motivation Team, <laughs> and it's for people like me who I don't like to call myself lazy, but when it comes to a lot of things, uh, that that would be the perfect word to describe it. And at the top of the list is working out, and. I noticed that when I shifted my thinking, when I changed the way I thought about about myself, it took all the pressure off of the process. Like, I can just do it. I know that, you know, it's going to take a certain amount of energy and effort, but I, I do love my body exactly the way it is. I'm rubbing on my yep. bottom belly every day, you know, saying I love you. Thank you for carrying the life that you carried. Thank you for bringing forth healthy babies and, you know, yeah. I love you. I love my body exactly the way it is. I work out and eat healthy to feed and rejuvenate my cells and tissues. And I have enough time in the day, every day to give myself an act of love, whether it be working out, skin brushing, uh, you know, 
eating an apple, like anything that's going to help me get to that point, that's what I'm doing. So, And that's a beautiful practice. Like, you know, sometimes it just it starts very simply when we can analyze what we intake, what we do, what we consume, how we look at ourselves. And is it really good for us? Is it positive for us? I think sometimes we take for granted and we're very lenient about the things that we put in our body because we think that it feels good when we know when it doesn't really actually feel good too much because then we have, you know, the stomach aches later or we get the headaches and we feel nauseous or we have to take an acid for something that we ate, you know. Because we realize that we're not really feeding our soul. We're not even really feeding the body things that make it feel good or that are even beneficial to us. And sometimes it really does start with minimal practices of just being like, okay, you know what? I don't need this candy bar. Like, I'll get some fruit instead if you're, like, craving sugars or things of that nature. And just knowing how good you'll feel afterwards because chemically, you know, bad foods, processed foods do affect your brain chemistry. A lot of times people don't like to think about that. That is a very real thing. Again, not an opinion. (laughs) It it, it is. Negative foods, they really do affect our thought process, our ability to have clear thoughts, you know. So just, I think, as long as we can love the skin that we're in, but incorporate the idea that maybe there are healthier ways that I could live and not for the aesthetic value, but just so that I have longevity, that I can get up and down the steps, you know, without hurting myself or feeling pain, you know, that my digestive health isn't good. I think if we do look at self-love, like you were saying, things for the body, things for the longevity of the body, then there would be a lot less pressure on the look and you would eventually find that you know, you do lose weight when you are more aware of the things that we do. But the goal shouldn't necessarily or doesn't necessarily have to be weight loss. Right. And right, exactly. I don't I don't really think well again again, uh, if I, when I say it it's really coming from my perspective, like you said. For some people the goal is weight loss, for some people the goal is aesthetics, but the goal at the end of the day should always fall, like come down to longevity, extending your days. So, yeah, I know I looked at I, I looked at your your Instagram feed and your pictures are really giving me a wrinkle in time vibe. And I don't know if everybody's seen the trailer the trailer and then I look at the pictures that you recently took where you have on the blue wig and you're in nature and those cherry blossom looking trees in the background it's just it really gives me that wrinkling (laughs) feeling yes and if it's intentional I think it's hella smart and the movie is about being a warrior of light and I'm a huge proponent for embracing darkness as well and placing it in its proper context uh, especially since darkness has a bad reputation, largely due to Eurocentrism, a lack of understanding of what that energy is, source energy, you know, that all that, what dark matter, dark energy is. How do we encourage people, especially in the wake of this movie, which is going to be really popular, how do we encourage people to really understand that balance between the dark and the light? when to use that dark energy, what it when you need it, why you need it and why it has to be there in addition to the light. Like what does that look like? Um, so it's funny that you say that about the pictures because I haven't you know, I'm actually on my radio show, we're giving away tickets to a wrinkle in time, but I haven't watched the trailer yet. <laughs> I've always yeah. been seeing people like post, you know, little things about the movie here and there and their little opinions about it. But, no, I haven't watched the trailer yet. But, um, you know, more specifically to your question, and it's funny that we would have this conversation today because on this day last year, I posted something about (laughs) this very same topic. So, synchronicities um, and how the universe works. So, I 
the gist of what my status was is the love and light crew can just can be just as harmful as um the doomy gloomy <laughs> and yeah. I say that to mean that um there has to be an incorporation of realism. Mm-hmm. And this is a very it's a it's a it's a it's a line to straddle, it's a very thin line to straddle because on one hand there's a school of thought that says, you know, what you pay attention to you attract and you magnify. And that is law of attraction. On the other hand, people use that the love and the love and light squad. That's kind of what I refer to them as. The love and light squad believes that you know, if they ignore certain things, then they just don't exist. And you know, pardon my French. I just think that's effing delusional, because you can create your own reality in a sense. Yes. So like, if I decided to stay in my house all day, every day, didn't look at media then I could have my own inner home utopia. I just don't go out, have everything delivered here. I don't know what's going on in the world. I don't know about the wars. I don't know about the famine. I don't keep up with Donald Trump, you know. Don't think mm-hmm. about any of that. It just doesn't exist. But right. it still exists outside my personal delusional bubble. Right. And I think that is where people realize that that is, really hindering growth and change for this world because you can't make something go away by ignoring it. You know, Mm -hmm. you can't apply the law of attraction to real life world issues because regardless, people have literally said that some of the stuff that I talk about is depressing. Well, I'm like, how do you think these people feel? I'm pretty sure that their lives feel depressing. (laughs) Like, and there right. does need to be some sort of awareness brought to it, us not paying attention to it. If I decide today or tomorrow that I don't want to any longer pay attention or give energy to um, women's sexual abuse or domestic violence, it does not change the overwhelming or alarming statistics that every day women will be murdered by a spouse or a boyfriend or somebody that they know or somebody that they slept with. It doesn't change the fact that women are getting abducted every single day. So I can personally ignore it, but that negativity is still there. And there, there's a really big difference between darkness and just evil. You know, I think a lot of people, like you were saying, that Eurocentrism and that idea of what dark is and what evil is, they're not right. necessarily synonymous. You know, there's a lot of evil in the world that doesn't necessarily equate to dark energy i in this particular space and realm and dimension that we function in at this point in time on this planet there is this yin and yang thing going on and they kind of fuel each other and it's like this particular balance that causes us to grow and motivate because we're still in a learning phase now this isn't going to always be forever and it's not going to end tomorrow either. We're looking at hundreds of years out before the way in which we interact with each other changes. And the negativity is no longer necessary. But mm-hmm. we're still in a learning phase. Souls are still in learning phases. So there has to some sort of negative input to be able to receive messages and learning lessons from for the soul to be able to grow. Without that, there would be no growth. I mean, so if there were, if if there was nothing that triggered me, if there was nothing that moved me, if there was nothing that bothered me, if there was nothing that presented a challenge to me, even if the challenge seems really tragic, then there is no growth for my spirit or my soul. And then there is no evolutionary process for us as spirits or souls as a whole. So as of right now, everything does have a very necessary part. I, I think there needs to be a really discerning difference made between like I said you know darkness and dark matter and that creative force and those creative energies and what some people attribute to the creation of the universe or the creation of anything you know for that matter versus you know something evil like someone murdering someone or you know someone senselessly kidnapping someone that's not dark that's it, it, it's evil and i think we need right. to start using our words a bit better and Thank really you. calling things the way that they are and we misuse these labels and it does really confuse people 
mm-hmm. with, you know, especially spiritually or in spiritual practices, what is what, you know? Right. I know one of the, the word I like to use for um, what what we're talking about is malevolent, malevolent energy. Mm-hmm. People with uh, malevolent intentions, you know, these are, these are things that are the opposite of good. Dark is not the opposite of good. Dark is a part of good, you know, good, however you imagine, whatever you imagine good to be, there has to be a balance of negative and positive for you to understand everything, not just what you consider to be good or bad or whatever the case might be. So, yeah, we're growing empathetically in order for human beings to really come into this this and it, this is something that you know I still grapple with because I just don't understand why in a perfect world people just can't be equipped with compassion, but it is not <laughs> the case. So okay, it's beyond my my understanding as to why, but I do know that empathy and consciousness is something that's being called upon for human people. So in order to allow people to feel empathetic and allow people to be aware and conscious of other things going on around them, there are a lot of tragic things that happen because it's like this, you know, universal accord, this little testing, however you relate to God or spirit energy or whatever, you know, I just call it the nameless source because it's, you know, so many people relate to it in different ways. Right. But it's encouraging us to grow and being able to feel and be more humane. People are not very humane. We're human beings, but we're not humane, and that's very different. And in order for us to become humane and aware of each other and empathize with each other, we are being put in really universal and global situations that are not great. I mean, you think about – I think about, for instance, the stuff that happens with Trump now – you know, as a, an extreme example, people didn't care about politics before Trump. Now that right. there's something terribly extreme in our faces, there's so many people that didn't care, now all of a sudden care. And that's right. kind of almost the same thing with human beings empathizing and the evolution of the human soul. You know, we don't care about people murdering each other until, you know, 14, 17, 18 kids get shot up at a school. People are murdered every single day, but we don't care until it's more than one person. It's around the corner. It's our next door neighbor, you know, and this is a fatal flaw, I believe, of, you know, human nature, but it is a part of this evolutionary process of human beings to grow and to ascend. So Mm The, you know, the quote-unquote negative stuff does have a place in the growth process. And I don't like it, but who am I? (laughs) (laughs) Right. Well, I'd like to take this moment to shout out magicallymessy.com once again. Um, That's Deandra's digital home where you can find all things fairy thug mother. And... uh, (laughs) Coming <laughs> coming right back full circle to this empathy thing and it all really starting within being em- empathetic with your own self, your own energetic, physical, spiritual, mental self. Uh, I know you're a huge proponent of the chakra diet. And I actually remembered recently I did a chakra diet towards the end of last year. With assistant named Goddess Kailasia, and every day, or for a week, it was a, a for seven weeks, and for every week we had to eat, you know, take pictures of our red food, and then the following week, pictures of our yellow food, and focus in on the root, and then focus in on the set, you know, just more working our way up, and I'm, I believe, I believe that it helped me in ways that I'm still starting to understand right now, uh, on this day, uh, so what, what's today? The 6th, 7th of March, 2018. And this the was now. It's the 8th now? Yeah, my sense of time is all jacked up. But tell me how, <laughs> tell me how, how does 
understanding and working with and really uh, tapping into our chakras, those energetic points in our body from the root to the crown? How does that help us become or does it help us become more empathic, more empathetic? Does it help us open up ourselves to the human experience in a in a much broader way? Um, you know, I won't necessarily say that it will make you more empathetic because, you know, I know some very aligned people that just are very desensitized. And mm-hmm. I think sometimes those are just, you know, individual personality traits and we're all called to, to be how we are for whatever reason, you know, in a bigger and broader spectrum. But it does at least, I believe, make us more aware of ourselves first, which is all we could ever ask for because I always tell people, you know, we talk about society and talk about society does this, society is that, you know, I say it all the time, but I also have the understanding, though, that society is comprised up of individual people. And if a bunch of individual people are dysfunctional, then society is dysfunctional. So when we say that society is not functioning correctly, what we're really saying is whether we acknowledge it or not, is that we as individual people that make up a society are not functionally correctly, adding to a dysfunctional society. So we're dysfunctional people. And we don't give ourselves the time to pay attention to that balance. One, a lot of people don't think about their chakras. Some people don't even think that it's real, a real thing. Um, You know, Western, we focus on sometimes up to 13 some people just go up to seven. Um, but in India, they believe that they have over 200-something. Thank you. Um, right. Vortexes and the right. So it, it gets a lot more complicated. So understand, okay, let's just work down with seven. <laughs> right. You know, we can't even always, you know, get those together so we don't have to think about 200-something of, the, you know, the different points and meridians and, and vortexes in our body. But um, – I do like the basic principles just because each one correlates to issues and major issues in our lives that we don't necessarily think about. I mean, you know, you think about the root and the need for grounding, and a lot of people are very ungrounded. A lot of people operate in their headspace entirely too much. And what we put energy and how, if there's energy blockages in our body, then those things can contribute to health issues. You know, somebody that has an overactive um, third eye would usually experience things like headaches or sinus problems. The same thing with, a, you know, an unbalanced crown chakra. For somebody that is not grounded or does not have a strong root, they might find themselves easily swayed. They might find themselves having physical problems in the lower half of their body. Um, So there is a good bit of understanding, I think, that people should have when it comes to knowing that when we do not flow in accordance with trying to find balance in our lives, that we Mm -hmm. will come across some physical hiccups because the spiritual things and the energetic things, they do affect our physical bodies. Um, there is a chakra healing book by, I think her name is uh, Cindy or Cynthia Dale. Um, it's yeah, Cindy Dale. And she goes into depth about how we withhold certain things energetically and how those things affect our physical body. So, for example, they made a connection and found, um, you know, I'll use this as an example because we're in women's, you know, we're women's day today. But women that have had um, sexual traumas, or women that hold on to or harbor the negativity from past relationships are more prone to develop cancers in their reproductive organs. So right. that toxic energy does contribute directly to our bodies and our health problems, no different than somebody that has a hard time and inability to speak their truth usually has problems with their throat. Right. Feeling tension in their throat or respiratory issues because, again, that energy, that blockage, that inability to flow has created a problem in a, a specific part of our body. Now, I like chakra diet because 
one, it's a good way to introduce people to, you know, the basics of chakra healing in a mm-hmm. medium that's accessible for all of us because we all have to eat. You know, that's something that we all do on a daily basis. So if we tell people that all you have to, and that's why I call it the, I call it my particular diet, eat your colors, because as, as, as long as we're eating our colors, you know, right. we can be more aware on a simple basis of how we contribute to a flow, uh, a natural healthy flow and functioning of our chakras without getting too deep into, you know, because some people don't get into crystal healing. It's not always accessible. We're going to get all these blue stones. You're going to get all these red stones, and then it gets expensive. But you have to eat every day. So I like it because it's easy for people to grasp, and it's, for me, it's fun because I think it's kind of challenging. Um, mm-hmm. Also, thinking about all the yellow foods, all the orange foods, and it's, it's kind of cute. But also, then you get the health side of it. You know, I created my little version of it specifically for, you know, the chakra healing benefits and trying to find an easy way to introduce people to the functions of each chakra. But you also get a lot of health benefits from it. You, I mean, by the end, mine is only 21 days. You focus three days on each of the seven chakras, so it ends up being a 21-day detox. Um, and the end of the detox, you, it's a water fast for your crown chakra, um, which is really cool because I think I think the statistics, like, set after 72 hours, um, you know, your immune system regenerates from not eating mm-hmm. if you do do a water fast. And I do end the... Um, chakra diet on a water fast for your crown chakra but Mm -hmm. people do experience health benefits from it as well which for me was you know catch 22 uh, we were talking about earlier body body positivity it is a nice way to feel lighter to feel cleaner to feel clearer and you do happen to lose weight in the process because you're avoiding a lot of processed things a lot of sugars no caffeine because things that these are things that actually do affect our brain chemistry in a very particular way. Sugar mm-hmm. affects our brain the same way that cocaine does. Right. So avoiding these things, you know, it. I just like the idea of holistic balance in a simple mm-hmm. way. And for me, if I can just tell people, eat red foods, <laughs> eat yellow foods, <laughs> and right. in the process they learn a little bit about themselves spiritually and they also feel lighter physically, you know, maybe they'll think to introduce these things to their lives on a a daily basis and it becomes a lifestyle. But I think it's a nice introductory way to get people to pay attention to something that a lot of people don't pay attention to. That's right. I'm with that. Now, (laughs) my last question, uh, and this is something that, when I first started to learn about astrology and chakras and meridians and crystals, well, I kind of I've been on crystals my whole life, but astrology was fairly new to me back in 2012. The first thing I learned about or heard about that scared me was Mercury retrograde, and it was uh, from a song, a song by this uh, group called Block Party, and the, the guy comes on, he's like, my Mercury's in retrograde, and they just, it's like this, like, frenzy kind of singing, and the music, and I'm like, is this something I should be, I should be worried about? Like, should I be afraid? But uh, for people who are new to the concept of Mercury retrograde, how would you encourage them to, I guess, navigate the shifts that happen with that? Uh, and, you know, planets don't move backwards. They just appear to be going in reverse because of how, you know, they're circling around the sun and, you know, people, is, they tell you, oh, your Internet is going to go out because Mercury was the god of communication. He, you know, was uh, transmitting messages from the gods to Earth and Earth back to the gods on Mount Olympus. And I know for me. I was born during Mercury retrograde. So communication for me seems to get a lot easier. I can formulate my thoughts really, really clearly during this time. But for some people, everything gets lost in translation. So how would you encourage people to kind of figure out how to rock that? Well, 
you know, this is another one of those things where I think developing general practices can help you out at any period of time, no matter what the planets are doing. And I always think that Mercury retrograde is a really interesting thing. I tend to have really great retrogrades. And if you're really deep into it, you know, depend, certain planets and how they show up in your birth chart is going to depend on how it specifically affects you at that time. You know, everybody runs around like a chicken with their head cut off because they're like, oh, it's Mercury retrograde. A lot of people that are frantic about Mercury retrograde don't even know what Mercury retrograde is. This right. is this, like, <laughs> stigmatized fear because everybody's posting <laughs> about it. Um, so, one, I think for some people it's a self-fulfilling prophecy of, oh, my God, it's Mercury retrograde, and they don't understand what it is, and they just think it's awful, so everything that happens to them is awful. Like that whole, you know, period of time, you know, if they got their grocery order wrong or the, you know, a, a package didn't ship properly, these are things that could have happened to them two months ago when Mercury wasn't in retrograde, but because they know it, now they're just going to attribute every little hiccup in their life to Mercury retrograde, which is, which I think is silly. But what I can say is it does bring attention to I think it's a good time to slow down or at least be more aware of what you're doing. Um, for me, I do find that there have been times that my electronics get a little kinky um, mm-hmm. around this time. And I just like to say it's a time where you, like, really look at things deeper before you make commitments and decisions, which is something that you should be doing anyway. You know, right. people say, oh, don't, go sign, don't sign anything during Mercury retrograde. No, just know what the hell you're signing. I <laughs> said, do you go right. head over heels without reading something, comprehending it, you know, getting a second opinion, a third opinion, you know, without doing something? I think it just causes us to slow down. For me, this is around the time that I usually think to myself, have I backed up my files? Which is mm-hmm. something that I need to think about, you know, all year round because anything can happen to your computer at any given time, you know, and you can't blame that on Mercury. You can blame that on you not being prepared, but I like to use it as, you know, an opportunity to be like, okay, you know what? Mercury is in retrograde. This is the time that I'm going to slow down a little bit and be more aware. Did I proofread this thing before I sent it? Because I'm not going to blame it on the planet, okay? If I sent a messy text message, I'm going to blame it on myself because did I proofread it? <laughs> did I really think this through before I push the send button? Did I back up my files? You know, am I, you know, investing in this conversation the way that I'm supposed to? Am I overreacting? And, again, I think this is some sense of awareness, as I was mentioning earlier, that it's good for us to have no matter what, no matter what year, numerical year it is, no matter what planet is doing what. But for those people that are really interested, I would say get a natal chart reading um, and really understand what Mercury is doing for you specifically before you get all like, oh, my God, Mercury's in retrograde. Everything's going wrong. My hair didn't come out right. Yes, your hair probably didn't come out right two weeks ago, too. But you didn't blame it on Mercury two weeks ago, you know. I think a lot of people – just don't have any particular understanding about it. You know, I know some people that have great Mercury retrogrades, you know, but that's Mm -hmm. also, I think, because they're great people and they live great lives and they already have come to a point where, you know, they're very self-aware. I think the more Mm -hmm. self-aware you are, the less you become really worried about planets in shadow, planets in retrograde, you know, but like I said, if you want to get serious about it, get a natal reading and actually find out if the thing has any effect on you. Because some people don't even have any noticeable effect when certain planets mm-hmm. go into retrograde or shadow or, you know, intersect with each other. So I would just yeah. say get educated about it. If you're really going to be out here running around looking crazy, because a lot of people are probably going to find out that they running around looking crazy for no reason. And they're doing it to themselves. Mm-hmm. That's right. Um, uh, thank you so much. That's 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 exactly what what I think most of us need to hear. Uh, because you know when you when you get ready and you well when you stay ready you don't have to get ready. So and that's in all aspects. Right. Yes. <laughs> so, exactly. And I always I've and I have people ask me all the time 
how do you do this or how do you do that or what what is this about or what is that about i'm like well did you did you read a book did you you know did you study it did you go into it because i don't have all the answers you might learn something right. that i don't know and you can teach it to me so really mm-hmm. i i my, my main encouragement for us is to really study and learn and don't just hop into things because it's cute or it looks good or it looks like fun like really understand the seriousness of your own self that everything you give your energy to is going to take a part of you it's going to become a part of you and you know just really be be mindful and aware like you said the self-awareness practical applicable to life how can these things help you, you know, take yourself from one place to where, where you're interested in going through practical application? So thank you so much for your time, beloved. I really appreciate you coming on tonight. And just kind of plug yourself, tell everybody where they can find you, what you're working on. Um, so as you mentioned, um, you know, transitioning to doing more things on my own personal website, like as you said, it's www.nantiquallymessy.com and you did mention the 30-day challenge which I started a little while ago and I stopped because life happens and I've had to prioritize certain things but I'm starting that back up again next week and you know I'll post a few articles to that you know throughout the week um, when I can but I've been getting a lot of outreach you know from all over the world Mm -hmm. of you know people really saying that they needed this this program and I only Mm -hmm. do things kind of for myself first and then give it to other people after you know i figure out if it works it works for me because it's not going to matter if i give it to you um you can find me on facebook which is kind of like my place where i just post personal thoughts or you know general thoughts they're definitely some health self-help ideas that i post on a daily basis but i'm telling y'all facebook's algorithms are a beast now and you know i'm gonna go on record and say i really don't like them <laughs> at all but <laughs> You can find me there. <laughs> um, um, and I'm Deandra Janelle Heaven Rose on Facebook, and I'm at Deandra Janelle on Instagram. So, oh, and also IQRadio.com every Sunday from 2 to 4 p.m. for Not Your Average Sunday Sermon. I do have a radio segment. So, and that's more of my practical approaches and solutions to life just offering you a different perspective that you can integrate to make your life more livable, you know, on a daily basis. So that's where I am online, Magically Messy or Aki Radio every Sunday from 2 to 4 p.m. or Facebook, even though I don't like y'all, and um, Instagram. (laughs) All right. Tell me that uh, that radio one more time. You said IQE Radio. What was it? So, yes, let me spell that out for you. My bad. So it's I q u e radio dot com e k <laughs> no not e k I'm sorry that was corn no I'm just <laughs> it's, easy for me. it's easy for me to remember <laughs> that I'm definitely gonna be listening and I can't wait so all right mama thank you so much thank and um. Yes, take care of those fur babies. Take care of you, and hopefully we'll wrap soon. Of course we will, and I appreciate you for having me, and keep doing what you're doing, because you're beautiful, and it's working. I love it. Thank you, Mama. You know, this this interview was absolutely incredible. I mean, it's a whole different energy. (laughs) Really? Yeah. Totally, absolutely, <laughs> totally, <laughs> and completely. This is this is really really good. Um, the only thing that I would add sometimes is your breaks for the commercial announcements that you're anticipating. But this is good because this is a good prototype for your media kit. Mhm. Okay. Okay. Mhm. Okay. Okay. Oh, hokey dokey smokey. All right, cool. So I'll um I'll go ahead I'll go ahead and um when when do y'all when do y'all want this up? Cause we just did one 
I we just talked about Mercury retrograde too, so I guess I gotta put it out. I'm gonna put it out. Um, this tonight I'm gonna put up the one with um Adeline. Adeline, yes. And so since I'm mm-hmm. doing biweekly on Thursdays, I'll do this one. The net, you know, not okay, next. Thing. And so, and then yeah, and then what you want to do is you want to promo it because it's not Mercury retrograde yet. Mercury doesn't retrograde right. until like the twenty third. We're, we're in the shadows. Yeah. Right. Yeah. We're in the shadows. Yeah. Yeah, I'm gonna go ahead and do it then, and I'll put it up in a couple of weeks, and I'm gonna put up Adeline's tonight. And and now that I am doing them on a regular basis, I will definitely mm-hmm. start to them you know i was i was it was i was doing it the lazy way before so i do need to set my game up so i'm gonna go ahead and um create a yeah, promo flyer i'm telling you my my business consultant is the business boo oh my god my business consultant is the business <laughs> i love him he is incredible oh my mm-hmm. god i love it i never had a business coach like this before i mean he's like on me I mean, he, his people want me to call me, like, every day. He gave me homework already. Word? Yeah. I have one. Have a, I have one who helped me um, kind of structure my, my classes a little bit better. But mm-hmm. I need, I need, I do need someone outside of me to help, you know, just kind of say, like, listen, get on your shit with this radio show. Like, you could do a lot better with it. Because, you know, like... You know how you do things just for you, and then it kind of grows into something, so you got to kind of start to take it seriously in a different kind of way? I think uh-huh. that's probably where I am with the podcast. You know, it's actually well, becoming. I hope that I've given you some good um, recommendations. Absolutely. If you just, yeah, if you just do those things, if you create the promotions and you mm-hmm. have your one pager. You know, you have to do little teasers. It'll be good. Mhm. All right. Cool. That's what I'm gonna start doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I do. I and I don't know if you could tell. I definitely do value everything that you, all the advice that you've given me. I have implemented it. <laughs> so I do appreciate. I'm it. a busybody, all up in everybody's business. I'm telling you, I'm a mess. I appreciate it. Well, y'all don't don't let me keep. Y'all have a good night. And um okay. you too. All right, mama. Hopefully we can wrap. I'll um yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna get on my shit. Y'all get y'all stay on y'all shit. Y'all keep inspiring. Just, just, just do just do promos and so everybody will be open communication and we know, we'll know what's going on. Okay, bet. That's what I'm gonna do with. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. I appreciate right. it. I appreciate you. I appreciate okay. you too. All right. Okay. Good night. Good night, Deandra. Take care, Mama. Good night, sis.